In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Saint Isaac the Syrian <clears throat> Saint Isaac the Syrian said something powerful that it's worth for us to meditate on. He said, This life has been given to you for repentance. Do not waste it on other things. This life has been given to you for repentance. Do not waste it on other things. When we come to this parable of the prodigal son, we see that there is a point in time where he finds himself sitting in a, a terrible situation within the, the pigsty. And as he's sitting there, he says he comes to himself. He comes to himself. And he wakes up. He realizes what's going on. And as he's coming to himself and realizing what he's coming on, he then begins to think of his situation. Look at me. I'm here. I pursued what I thought was going to bring me happiness and joy. And it's turned out that this is not bringing me happiness or joy. I thought that if I would be in this relationship with these people, if I would be in this relationship with these people, they would be my friends. Or I thought that if I would, uh, you know, join this group, I would have happiness with them. And what he ends up finding out that his father's servants, not even his own brother, but his father's servants are in a better situation. So he decides, he says, I will go. He says, he, he, he rises up. And that's, very much uh, an idea of the resurrection. He rises up and he approaches his father. And as he's about to confess, first off, he doesn't make it to the door of his house. His father finds him, sees him, and runs after him. And we see the great love of his father in this. And as he's running after him and he comes to him, the son is trying to blurt out his confession, is not even able to make it. And then the father receives him as if the confession has been accepted. And in receiving him and receiving that confession, uh, he is restored to where he was. When we look at the idea of repentance, and I know, I know that we have heard many sermons on repentance, but we have to understand repentance in the orthodox way and we have to get it right in the orthodox way. Otherwise, we're going to miss the boat. Because repentance isn't coming to a courtroom. And it's not coming before a judge. When you go and you repent, it's not that you have to say everything on a list that God has in His hands. And if you miss one thing on that list, God is going to hold that against you on the day of judgment. It's not that God wants to punish us. It's not that God is waiting for a reason or an excuse to punish us. God is the father of love in the story of the prodigal son. And as it says in the Old Testament that he has loved us with an everlasting love, we have to approach that love and remind ourselves of that love often. He desires mercy and not sacrifice 
or we can say in a different translation, he desires steadfast love and not sacrifice. And that steadfast love that he desires, not only does he desire to give it to us, but he desires for us to give it to others, to be like he was. So we have the, the story of the older son who doesn't understand what the father is doing, but the father also goes out to him. And the sins of the older son are not that he did what his brother did, but he still had the shortcomings of the older son was that he did not understand the father. He was not like the father. He rejected the ways of the father in understanding that God's love is his justice, that God's mercy is his justice. That word justice is very tricky because if you remember back in Kiyak, the month before Christmas, I spoke a lot about this word justice, how there's another translation that we focus on. The word itself is vikeos in the Greek, but when it's translated justice, you think, you think someone's got a sword, someone's going to get in trouble, justice will be served. But that word is also translated righteousness. And that a verse like in Romans chapter 3 that says he is just and the justifier of the one who believes is also better translated he is righteous and the one who makes righteous those who believe. God's justice is his righteousness. And that's why we say in the liturgy he will judge the world in righteousness. And when he judges the world in righteousness, he judges it according to God's will. And what is God's will? That we be like him, that we are in his image and in his likeness. So when we think about repentance, we have to understand what is repentance in our church. What does it mean? It comes from the word metania, it's a good word to know. I know in our church we do what's called metaniat, right? where we bow down and, we, and it's a prostration. But a matanya, is, it, it carries in it the idea of repentance. Matanya is, I fall and I get up. I fall and I get up. I fall and I get up. Many great fathers of the church have said, we will not be condemned for the multitude of our transgressions, but for our refusal to repent. We will not be condemned for the multitude of our transgressions, but for our refusal to repent. It is for us that we make mistakes. And it is for us to know that God is merciful. If I fall a hundred times, I get up a hundred times. And that is my life. And that's why we understand Matanya in this way. But Matanya also means, when we get to the heart of it, means change. Change. Matanya is change, change of direction changed my direction from east to west. And sin, when we understand hamarteya in the Greek, what that means, it means missing the mark. Missing the mark. So, like I've said before, if I'm shooting at a target and I miss the mark, that is the sin. But my repentance is to take better aim to shoot and make sure I hit that mark the next time. Said a different way, 
if I aim at a target and I miss, do I stop trying? Do I say, oh, I missed, I missed, I'm a terrible person, I'm a bad person, I'm a lousy person, I deserve punishment, I deserve to be... No, we don't. We say, don't, don't, don't make it such a big deal. Just get up and try again. Get up and try again. And oftentimes, we make our sins out to be as if they are the worst things in the world. Yes, yes, our sins are bad. And yes, we need to change. But our focus is not on the sin. Don't look at the dirt. Look at, at Christ. Look at what He has given to us. And draw nearer to the one who cleanses us. We are like wax. And the fire, the fire of the candle burns away that wax like it takes away our sins, our impurities. All, and so that's what we say when, when, when I come and, and you come to your father of confession and you say, I did X, Y, and Z. And he tells you, maybe you need to read your Bible more, go to church more. It's not punishment. It's not punishment at all. It's like going to a doctor, right? And the doctor says, I think you need to exercise a little bit more, stay away from the carbs, right? Uh, eat, eat more healthy. These aren't punishments. This is just the way that we approach a healthier physical life and a healthier spiritual life. And when we understand that the church is a hospital, and that the, the priest in the sacrament of confession is a doctor, then we're not, gonna, we're not going to hesitate to go and to make ourselves, um, uh, open up ourselves to him to speak about what's going on. And you might say, well, what's the point if repentance is something I can do alone at home? Why do I need to go and expose myself to another person? And it's precisely that point that prevents us from doing a full repentance. A full repentance. Now, I'm not going to talk about the psychology of things. I'm not going to talk about how it's always good to speak to another person. How it's always good to have somebody else hold you accountable. How it's always good to sort of get advice from somebody else. No doctor should uh, treat himself. No lawyer should defend herself. No, uh, no individual who can... Who's, who's working on something so close to home should just rely on, on their own knowledge. They should go out. But I'm not going to speak about that after I just spoke about it. Um, what I'm going to speak about is how we view the church as the body of Christ. All of us being part of this body. We're all connected. We're all in it together. Holiness is a group activity. I cannot become holy by myself. I can't, even when you hear the story today of St. Sarah, she was, yes, by herself, but she always came back to the church. She spoke to others. She, she was part of the church community. She took communion. All of that was the communal nature. So when it comes to sin, if I commit a sin, I damage you. Just like if I have an injury in my liver or my finger, it damages the whole body. And I come back to the church recognizing my sins, to come back as a healthy member of the church. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what I should do. And this is what we see in the example of the prodigal. Now when I come back to the church, what does the priest, the father of confession do? He hears your confession. He prays for you. And he gives you advice on how to avoid that problem in the future again. It's a lifelong relationship. It's a lifelong relationship and in that lifelong relationship, there are ups and there are downs. There are good times and there are bad times. 
But you always know that you have one person, at least one person, who is praying for you. And having that one person pray for you means a lot. And I, I can talk about the benefit of a spiritual father, but I've mentioned this, I think, before. One, one uh, of the old sources said, it's better to upset God than to upset your spiritual father. Better to upset God than to upset your spiritual father. Why? Because if you have upset God, you have your spiritual father to stand in front of you, to intercede for you, like Moses, interceding for the people of Israel. But if you have, <laughs> if you upset your spiritual father, who will intercede for you? Who will intercede? That's, that's the point, is that if you have upset your, the one who is willing to say to God, if you don't let this person into the kingdom of heaven, don't let me in the kingdom of heaven. That's the role of your spiritual father. But if he is upset, then who do you have? That's, that's the point. He's saying it's important to be in a good relationship with your spiritual father and to maintain that. And the good relationship is always through obedience. Now, as a priest, I realized very quickly that confession, taking confessions, was one of the most difficult parts of, the, of my life as a priest. But I also realized that God gave me, and I'm just speaking for myself as an experience, as, as a priest with a little bit of an experience, that I was able to forget completely after every confession. And I say this completely openly and honestly, you have to remind me. And why I'm saying this too, for your spiritual fathers, the same grace is given. That you go, you, 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 you tell them everything that's on your heart, they will not remember. And they are imitating the father of this story and ultimately they're imitating the Father, our Father who is in heaven. And when we think about what are the things that prevent me from repenting, there are several. One is laziness. Laziness. And, I, I, and when I say laziness, I mean like, yeah, I know, I got to, it's just, I have other things that are priorities. Laziness. And by the way, the, the laziness is the same, um, this that prevents me from repenting, is one of the worst sins of the soul. Worst because it's, it's like a cancer, laziness. In my reading, in my prayer, in my doing service towards others, it becomes something that is always preventing me from moving forward. The other is forgetfulness. It's just not, uh, oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. It's something where, it's just something that I can't remember to do. This prevents me as well. Another thing that prevents me as well, in terms of laziness and forgetfulness, is I'm not being honest. It's a dishonesty. I'm not really being honest with myself about who I am and what I need to do. What is, what is, the true state of my spiritual life. And this is extremely important when I think about how I look in a mirror, like I can stand in front of a mirror and I see myself in a certain way, but then there's a way that God looks at us. And how God looks at us is much different than how we look at ourselves. But when we allow the light of Christ to shine within us, 
And when He reveals to us everything, we can begin to clean and to, and to put everything in order. Another thing that, I, I, that causes me, along with laziness, is I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my time in, these, in, in things that are just not going to progress me in the Kingdom of Heaven. Another thing that, that, that prevents me from rep- repentance is that I am deceived about what is sin. I have my own standard of sin. I'm not too interested in what God's standard of sin is. I think this is okay, so I'm going to do it. I don't think this is a big deal, so I'm going to do it. I'm not a monk, I'm not a nun, I'm not a priest, and I come up with a million excuses. And so I do not understand it, or in another way I could say, I justify myself. Right? Imagine the prodigal, in, the prodigal son in the, in, the, in the pig pen. And he just starts stewing about, well, my father wasn't just... You know, always you know doing this to me, and and if I my father wasn't like this, or if the house wasn't like this, or if I didn't have to work, or if I didn't, and I wouldn't be in this situation, right? I play the blame game, and I blame others for where I'm at and what's going on. But I have to take ownership of my own life. I have to understand, sin is sin. I have to understand that I have to do my part. I can't just trust that. Uh, God is going to be merciful in the end and I don't have to repent, I don't have to work on my holiness, I don't have to work on becoming a better person. I have to understand that there are enemies in this world who are fighting against me and fighting against you that do not want to see us in the kingdom of heaven. I have to understand that there is a war that is being fought and I am part of that war whether I realize it or not. But this story gives us hope and gives us direction. In Micah chapter 7 verse 8, one of my favorite verses, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I will rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Let us take one word from today, which is repentance. And let's apply it to ourselves truthfully and honestly. Let's change, really change. Not cover up, not forget, not be lazy, but change our direction. Just like you can't face west and east at the same time, the same way you can't be living with sin in your life and trying to live as holy, righteous Christians on this, on this planet. The two don't mix. And when we focus on Christ, we see not someone who's waiting to punish us, but someone whose life with Him is better than anything you can ever imagine. If I were to give you all the money in the world right now, and you were to go and do whatever, and I say you have one day to do whatever you want, it's not a sin, it's okay, and of course we might be imagining different things that we're going to do, I can guarantee you that anything you accomplish in that day will not equal the joy of someone who's truly repented, who's truly freed themselves of the bonds of sin. It's enslaving, it's killing, it's choking, it's poison. If anyone knows this, if anyone feels this, they know that there's some poison within them that's destroying them, whether it's hatred towards another person, unforgiving towards another person, or, or it's, it's, it's some other sin that's in my life, you know, that it promises 
it promises joy or it might promise some good feeling, but it, it's never the case. So we take that one word of repentance, apply it in our life today. If you haven't started confessing, confess. If you haven't visited your father of confession, visit your father of confession this week. To God be the glory now and ever to each of all ages. Amen.